Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback. And if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. They finally figured out the power of gratitude, that gratitude is actually a neurological thing that God created into us, that it wasn't just this mystical, magical thing, but it's actually a physical trait of our human bodies, that when we're grateful, uh, we live the way we're supposed to, that God intended us, there are positive uh, impacts in our life, and I think that's just so awesome. And so today, we're going to look at the attitude of gratitude, all right? Look to the person to your left. Say, I want an attitude of gratitude. Look to the person to your right. Tell them, I want an attitude of gratitude. Now, this is a judgment-free zone. I don't want you to judge whether that person has an attitude of gratitude. I don't want you to consider, well, you're not always grateful for everything. This is a time to encourage and challenge and inspire because I believe that God has given us tools to life that will make life what it's supposed to be, full of joy and peace, even in the midst of trials and pain. And one of the ways you do that is by having an attitude of gratitude. And you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for everyone in this room. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that we can gather and do this and have these times where we can sing songs to the eternal God, that we can look to his word and allow it to challenge us and grow us. I'm happy if you, I'm glad that you're here if you grew up in church and you know this, all the things I'm about to say, nothing's new to you, but you're committed to the church, you're committed to Christ, and you're here uh, Sunday after Sunday, I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you if you came today and you're just checking it out, and you don't even know if you believe the things we're talking about. I'm glad you're here. I'm grateful for you today. I'm grateful that God has brought us together on purpose with a purpose, that he loves us enough to speak into our lives. He loves us enough to pursue us, and he loves us deeply, and that's worth being thankful for. That's worth saying thank you to our Heavenly Father. Now, I grew up, my story is I grew up as a pastor's kid, and we lived on a property where uh, the parsonage, the house we lived in was owned by the church, and it was connected to the church, and there was about two acres of land that the church and the house were on, And guess who got the job of mowing it for free? Yes, you're looking at him. This guy right here, this lucky guy, got the privilege of mowing. And you know what kind of mower we had? We had the kind where it was push, and you had to hold the two bars together for the motor to stay on. Not the cool, nice ones that have an engine that propel it. The ones where your muscles propel it. And so you push it. Now, I don't know if you've ever mowed or push mowed something that uh, two acres of land and it's hilly and it's different where I lived. I live in Vermont, which is totally different than here. And your hands get so numb that you don't even feel them anymore. And you just, every minute is just, oh, what am I doing this? Why do I have to do this? Why did I have to be the pastor's kid? And you know, my mom would come out and she says, Mike, you look so thirsty. Would you like a drink? And I say, mom, how in the world am I going to hold a drink? Well, I'm pushing, I got to keep this thing together. I got to hold these two bars together or this engine's going to shut off and I'm going to have to pull the chain and this thing doesn't always turn on and this is a pain. You guys know where I'm coming from? You've experienced this before in your life? So I, amen, you can amen that. So I got older and uh, my freshman year in college, I got a job with the city and my responsibility was to mow the, all of the park yards 
And they had this machine that you sit in. <laughs> and it had these two handles that you'd pull to the middle and you could do a full 360 in any direction you wanted. And, and you didn't have to push it. It went forward and drove by itself and it had two blades and it would do like a hundred times more of the yard than I ever would with a push mower. And you know what else it had? It had a cup holder. <laughs> and I could put a drink right there. And I could drink a drink while I was mowing the yard. Do you know how grateful I was for this new mower? But you know, as I was thinking about that, I think in life, a lot of us are pushing the push mower. And we got, we're just trying to hold everything together and we're pushing uphill both ways and the yard's not getting any better and every day is a little bit harder than the day before and it's easy to be like, this stinks, I hate this, why do I have to do this? Why is my life like this? Why can't I be like them? Why can't it be easier? Why can't it be more simple? Why can't I enjoy it more? And we can live a life where we don't have an attitude of gratitude because we're pushing a push mower that we got to keep it together with. And my challenge this morning, my challenge is, would you consider that gratitude is the key or the gift that God gave us, just like that, that mower that I sat in was? That gratitude changes everything. Gratitude changes your heart. It changes your outlook on life. It changes how you deal with adversity. It literally changes your mind, as the science has found, that literally how we perceive life changes because God gave us this gift of gratitude. And so as we dive into his word, we say, please speak to us today, Father. Uh, the question is, do you have an attitude of gratitude? We're coming into Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's a forced Thanksgiving. I don't want to force this. If it's forced, it means nothing. It's when I desire it, when I pursue it, when I want it in my life and I want to see what's true in my life. And so the question for you, for me, for us, do you have an attitude of gratitude? Let's look at what the Lord has to say. Let's precede that with prayer. Father, you are awesome. And the beauty of music, the beauty of a cool day, the beauty of a cold raindrop, um, the beauty of a planet that has seasons, uh, the awesomeness of the ocean, the awesomeness of a forest, the awesomeness of the mountains, the beauty and splendor of your creation declares who you are. And we say thank you for all of those things. Thank you uh, in the same manner you created us to be part of this creation and you made us on purpose and you have a way for us that leads us to life. And Lord, I pray that we would hear that and know that and live that out today. Lord, I pray that we would truly understand what it means to be grateful. That Lord, our hearts and our minds would be in agreement as we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you that my internal organs at this moment know what to do. Thank you that gravity keeps holding me to this planet. Thank you that I have a home with food and a family to love and, and a ministry to serve in. Thank you for these wonderful people that are here. Lord, I pray that we would all recognize that we were fearfully and wonderfully made for your glory. Help us to receive that, to understand that. 
and to return thanks for all that you've done and will do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can get them out. We're going to be going through uh, basically three passages, three areas of Scripture that will be on the screens. I'd encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. We'll get you a Bible. The Bible, the book, means a library of books. It's 66 books that God wrote through the Holy Spirit so that we could understand where we came from, why we are here, and where we are going. It gives us purpose and meaning and value to life. And so it's such an important book to invest yourself in. And so we're going to begin in the, New, in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. This became one of my favorite verses because I went to Malawi, Africa in June, and we sang it every single morning. Uh, and the more I thought about it, the more it impacted me. The more I, I sought after God in it, the more I, I said, God, what does this really mean? The more it, it just radiated with power and truth. Psalms 118.24 says this. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When I was in Virginia, I used to meet with a group of men. And one of the men, actually, this group of men was made up of businessmen. One was very um, successful in his area of business. And he had a lot of wise things to say. So when he talked, I listened because he had a lot of very interesting, very insightful things to say. And he said one day, he said, Mike, every day I get up in the morning and I write down all the things I'm thankful for. And then I write down today is a gift. Today is the new gift. And I want to spend today well. Help me to spend this gift well. And then at the end of the day, he would wrap up the day. He said, Mike, at the end of the day, I'll go back to that same journal and I'll say, thank you, God, for all the things you've done. And look back over that day's blessings, teachings, challenges. And he said, you know what I recognize? I recognize a lot of people either live in the past or the future. They don't really live in the present. They're always looking forward to what is yet to happen or living in the past, what already happened, but they don't recognize the value of this moment. And we say, well, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the summer. I can't wait for spring break. I can't wait for this event or that event. And I'm always looking forward to something. Or if only it could have been like it was the good old days with the good old people, with the good old places. And we live in the past. And, and Jesus even said, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Live in this moment. My daughter always reminds me of the quote from one of the movies we watch. And it says this, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. And you know it is, it is a present. It's a present that you and I get to open every single day. And you know the power of starting the day by saying, this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I, even if today stinks, I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. Even if everything goes the opposite of the way I want it to go, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Do you understand that that is power? We talk about being free. We talk about being liberated. The most liberated thing in life is being freed in Christ. That every single day can be a gift that you receive and you take and you learn and you grow and you become and you mature and you see that day as something special. Something important. There are no days that aren't special. There are no minutes that don't matter. 
So I took my friend's suggestion. I had another mentor, and we talked about how the beginning of the day is like the genesis of the day. You recognize the Bible says that God created in six. He created specifically specific things on specific days. And he said, today I'm going to make something new. Today I'm going to show myself in a new way. Today I'm going to reveal my glory in a new way. And you know, he's still doing that. You know, this morning is the day he created. I don't know what number it is on the list, but it's one of them. And he's creating things. And if you begin with the genesis of your day and say, God, whatever you're going to create in me today, whatever you're going to do in my life today, I want to see it. I want to receive it. I want to know it. I want to have it. And I'm so thankful for it. Imagine life. Imagine life if that's how you started every day. I'm telling you right now, God has given us the cure. He's given us the medicine we need. He's given us the answer. The question is, will we receive it? Will we apply it? Will we follow it? Or will we continue to say, no, my way's way better than his. I know way better than he does about what makes me happy. That's my challenge. I think that's our challenge. And then at the end of the day, you get to the end of the day and it's the revelation of the day. This was a gift. This was a special thing that God did for us. And I look back, what did he reveal today? What did he reveal to me today? And how can I take that revelation and bridge it to tomorrow so that I grow and I mature and I become even more? How can I look at everything he's done today and say, thank you, God. Thank you that you put me through that because it taught me a lot. Thank you that you blessed me in this way because it really encouraged me. Thank you for all of these moments that you supplied to my life. I think the enemy has convinced us to just go through life like it doesn't matter. I think the enemy has told us, uh, always concern yourself with the future, what you're going to do after retirement. What are you going to do next week? What are you going to do next year? What are you going to do in five years? What are you going to do in 10 years? Instead of what are you going to do today in the, the presence of God? Amen. How can I be thankful in these moments? How can I recognize that today is a gift? How can I have an attitude of gratitude instead of an attitude of complaining? Every day is a gift. It's a powerful truth. It's the truth that opens the door to prayer. It opens the door to our relationships. If you have spousal issues, start being thankful. Find places to be thankful. If you have job issues, find places to be thankful. If you have financial issues, begin to thank God for what he's supplied for you. If you have health issues, look to the good things that are working properly in your body and say, thank you, Lord, for that. My back may ache, but my arm doesn't. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because the easy thing for us to do is to see all the problems, to see all the challenges, and put all of our focus on those. And always say, why is this here? Why is this here? Why is this here? When is this going to get solved? And so we're given this beautiful picture of what we're to be. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke 17. This is one of the most convicting stories about Jesus's life that really, um, as you read it, it can be challenging because I wonder who I am in the story. But as I look at it and, and consider it, it's a powerful truth of what it means to be a person of gratitude, a person of thanksgiving, a person who recognizes where all good things come from. Luke 17, starting in verse 11, it's telling the actual account of Jesus's life. It says, while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Now you have to understand leprosy was worse than COVID. 
Leprosy, your skin literally fell off your body in chunks. And if you knew someone with leprosy, they were not welcome in anyone's home. They were not welcome in certain areas of the town. They were despised. And so they even understood, hey, we respect this guy. We're going to keep our distance. And so these lepers come to the Lord. Verse 13, and they raise their voice saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. And so here these, these individuals believed in Jesus. They believed he had the power to heal. They believed he had an answer to their issue. And so even though they didn't get close to him, they yelled out, they were bold, they were brave. Um, they saw Jesus as an answer to their problem in life. They saw Jesus as a solution. And so they said, please, we know you can do this. We trust you. We believe in you. Do this for us. And Jesus does it for them. Jesus says, go, go get tested. Go get the test. Go to CBS. Get the test. See if you're negative or positive. They get the test. No more leprosy. Are you kidding me? There's no cure for leprosy. How did this happen? This is amazing. This is fantastic. Uh, this is mind-blowing. And yet we see what happens next. It's, it's kind of upsetting. Verse 15, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. He was a Samaritan. Now, in our culture, the Samaritan, it's hard for us to grasp how a Jewish person that those experiences, they do not like Samaritans. They were not full human in their minds. And so for this Samaritan to come back and to reveal that he had an attitude of gratitude, he had a thankful heart to Christ, would have probably rubbed them the wrong way. But I think that's intentional. I think it's intentional that we see that only one out of the ten comes back. One out of the ten come back to say, thank you, Jesus. One out of the ten come back and say, I uh, am changed. My life has been changed in an amazing way because what you did for me. You see, Jesus, he could have healed every single human being he met. But his goal wasn't to come and heal us of our physical ailments. His goal was to transform us so we could have a relationship with the Father. And the only way we can have a relationship with the Father is if we seek the Lord through repentance and belief. It's a relationship. And here, the only one who got the relationship aspect, that I'm not just using you, I'm not just coming to Sunday, fix my problems, give me money, get me out of all these things, and then I'll be grateful, then I'll be thankful. If you fix everything for me and you do it the way I want it to be done, then I'll be thankful. That's a challenge we all have. I admit, I have that challenge, to use God for my betterment. God, give me a position, give me all the things I want, make me comfortable, make me happy. And if you don't, I'm gonna be disappointed and not as thankful. But that's a horrible relationship. Can you imagine marrying the love of your life or, or being in a relationship that's a friendship, that's this powerful relationship, but all that ever happened was that person getting stuff from you constantly. Hey, can I have some more money? Hey, can you fix this problem? Hey, can you do this for me? And if you don't do it exactly the way they want it done, how and when and why and take care of all the details, 
then they no longer are as thankful for you as they were before. You know, in marital counseling or even in relationship counseling, we would say that's dysfunctional. When you have expectations of the other person that they do it the exact way you want them to do it every single time and make you happy and the relationship is basically a take, 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 take. And then when they give, you don't even recognize it. Why would I say thanks that they're only there to give it to me anyway? This is our challenge. This is where Christianity hits, the rubber hits the road of life. This is where our faith becomes real. Because we come to church and we hear that Christ died on the cross for our sins. And if we repent, we believe we have this eternal relationship with God. And and many say, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. That sounds wonderful. But we miss that the whole point is a relationship. The whole point of me knowing God is that he wants to take me back to where it was before the fall of man. That I can have this communion with my creator and be what he created me to be. And 10 people were changed radically and only one realized that this is what it's really all about. It's really about coming back and saying thank you. You know, some people, and I, I mean, even myself, I look at myself and say, am I living off a decision I made a long time ago or is it fresh and new today? Am I pursuing and loving God? Am I, is my life focused on him? Or have I used him to get things? And if he didn't do it the way I wanted it, then I look somewhere else. Because literally every time I sin, it's looking somewhere else for what God has to offer. And so I think it begins with our hearts challenging ourselves to see it's an attitude of gratitude. Because here's how this verse, this, this passage ends. Verse 19. Oh, verse 17. And Jesus said, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Sometimes the most dangerous spots is the seat in the church. Sometimes being the pastor is the most dangerous spot. Because you're tempted to not truly recognize what you have and be overwhelmingly thankful for it. See, I believe a disbelieving world, maybe you're disbelieving here, a lot of people look at us and say, I don't know if you truly believe what you say you believe. Because if you did, how would you not give thanks every day? to the one who saved you, to the one that loves you, the one that desires to know you deeply. Verse 19, and he told them, get up and go on your way. Why? Your faith has saved you. The revelation of his faith was shown through his gratitude. The place of faith was at the place of gratitude. Sometimes we put the result in front of the gratitude. God, if you do this, then I'll be thankful. But if you read scripture in the New Testament, it's amazing. They thanked him before they did anything. They started everything in thanks. Thank you, God, for what you're gonna do. Thank you for how you've worked. Thank you for who you are. Thank you because you know better. 
See, this is the key I wish I would have known. This is the key that I think changes a lot of things in our personal life, in our public life, in our professional life. When we recognize that being gracious and having gratitude and making that your attitude, it really makes a major difference in every area of your life, even your walk with the Lord. If you think about what you've prayed for the last week, the last month, how many times has this been? Cure me of this, give me some money, fix this problem. I'm guilty. Why don't I just pray prayers of thanks? God, thank you that I get to breathe again today. Thank you that I get to walk again today. Thank you that you have moved today in a new way. See, it's hard for us, and I get it. I am there. It's hard to see forever right now because we're just in this little space and time. Forever seems so hard and so big and so out there. But there's one day we're going to walk from this life into the next life and we're truly going to understand what we are to be thankful for. It's not going to be a mystery anymore what I'm thankful for when I walk from this life to the next life because it's, it's going to be much bigger, much clearer, much more profound than I could never even understand it to be. But I want to prepare myself now and not wait till then. Do you want to wait till then? Do you want to wait till it's all over to be like, God, I wish I would have been more thankful. Why wasn't I more thankful? Why did I get it? This is what I want for me. This is what I want for you. That we would grasp this concept. If anything, we walk out these doors and people see that I have an attitude of gratitude because I have a love for my Lord. On the day which I spend and I take in that next step, boy, what a day that will be. First Thessalonians 5.18, it gives us clarity to all of these things. Give thanks in all circumstances. I remember when I was in college and I broke my ankle and it was really, really bad. Really bad, I mean, I was in a wheelchair bad. But the Holy Spirit, the first thing he inclined on my heart was to sing thankful praises to him. They didn't give me any medicine for pain for almost two hours. And I know your body goes into shock, and I know part of you not feeling it is because your body goes into shock. But I can remember singing songs of praise in my mind, singing out loud and in my heart, and it gave me a peace that I cannot understand. It gave me, football wasn't meant for me. God has something more. God gave clarity in the hardest day. There's much harder days in my life than that, that clarity came through thankfulness. Clarity came through recognizing how good God is. These moments when we gather like this is our opportunity to put the stake in the ground and say, this is who I am and I will not change. I will be a person that has an attitude of gratitude no matter what. When I gather, and I hear the Holy Spirit, and he says, do it. I don't want to wait. I don't want to procrastinate. I don't want to put it off. I don't want to say, well, that sounds good. But I don't know if it's for me. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And he's saying, maybe you focus too much on the negatives and not on what God has been doing in your life. Maybe the gaze of your eye and the gaze of your heart and soul has been in the wrong direction. And now, he wants you to change. I would give you these keys for application. 
Number one, consider the gift of each day. Today is a gift. Right now we're spending that gift. Do you recognize how precious today is? How amazing today is? God's speaking to us today. Do you know the amazing thing is the the line is always open if you call God. You'll never get voicemail. It's him calling you that he gets voicemail. Be intentional about gratitude. Gratitude is a natural because our our sin nature. I'm not naturally grateful. You know, I, I thought about this this morning. I could be a professional complainer. If they had a league for complaining, I could become a professional. I could get paid to complain, I think. Because it's really easy. Would we admit complaining is super easy? It's easy to complain. It's easy to find fault. It's easy to say how it's not good enough or these are the problems or I wouldn't, why is it this way? But if you look through scripture, God doesn't like it when we do that. If you look at the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, he's like, maybe I shouldn't even brought them out. <laughs> All they want to do is complain and go back to Egypt. And then I recognized in my life, this is profound for me, the opposite of complaining is thankfulness. And every time I complain, I walk further away from God. And complaining is like nicotine. It's addictive, and you begin to do it to cope with life. And just like I don't want you to be addicted, and I don't want to be addicted to a substance like nicotine, I don't want to be addicted to complaining and ungratitude and finding fault. I want to get addicted to gratitude. I want to begin the day in thankfulness. I want to walk through the day looking for things to be thankful for. I want my mind to be full of the wonders and joy and amazement of my God. I don't want to be filled with darkness. And I know you don't want to be filled with darkness. So you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. You have to say, is me looking at the news the first thing in the morning help me be thankful? Is me watching television, is me, whatever it is, is, how do you live your day? Is it leading you to a place of gratitude? You can't go to the dark place and expect to stay light. You have to invest in the light so it can be reflected in the dark. And so it all comes down. It's not willpower. We can't make ourselves do this. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you an attitude of gratitude. Ask him out loud. God, give me an attitude of gratitude. Break this addiction that I have of complaining. And give me your grace today. That others would know it and see it. And they would recognize the power in in my life. What is God saying to you? What is he saying to us, actually? What is he saying to us in this room? Whatever he's saying, let's not miss it. Let's allow him to saturate himself in our lives so that when people talk about us, they don't say, oh, I don't like them. They complain a lot. (laughs) They're the most gracious people. They have such great hearts. And they say it's because they love Jesus. That's the goal. 
That's what it means to be a disciple who makes disciples of all generations. Let's not lose heart in pursuing the Lord. Thank you.